Hello friends, welcome back to the AirPod and just like the Queen, Maggie and I are back in action for another week <laughs> of Royal News. How are you doing Maggie? Oh fantastic, I know, it feels good, the Queen is back, we're back, things are good Omen. It is, you know, it's been a, it's been a breezy week in the House of Windsor, it has, I think <laughs> after what has been a fairly dramatic and eventful start to 2021. We've had, you know, a, a week of a week of regular activity, should we say? And <laughs> like, you know, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> no, and we had some beautiful weather in the UK this week as well. Sunshine, blue skies, a hint of spring. Saw the Queen out. We might still be under lockdown, Omid, but it did feel as if there was hope in the air. Yeah, I think we had one day this week it was like seventy something degrees, yes. which maybe to some of you guys are listening is really nothing to get too excited about for us. It was a lot for the UK and sunshine. That's the really big kicker because it'll be warm here, but it's still cloudy. But to have blue skies, that's Nice. Exactly. And of course, lockdown restrictions have eased somewhat. We have people back mm -hmm. outside, sports teams back in action, um, even a few meets going on in the parks. I mean, really exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can everyone tell we're like really trying hard here in the UK? It's like, guess what we can do now? <laughs> I know, as I was just like trying to book an appointment this morning to get a haircut yeah. as it's, we've got, what is it, 10 days to go before... Oh, yeah. Our actual been, lockdown comes to yeah, a sort yeah. of end. And that got me quite excited. I've been booking um, outdoor restaurants. Wow. I'm really right. excited. Yeah. Well, that's where our, both oh. of our priorities are at. <laughs> that's true. Haircuts and food. <laughs> that's very fitting for both of us, actually. <laughs> uh, but yes, as I mentioned, this is the week that saw the Queen outside on her, I think it must have been her third engagement outside of the palace since the start of the pandemic and you know i think we've gotten really used to the sight of a majesty over zoom and so we'll have a bit more details on those in a second but later on in the show we'll also be catching up with princess beatrice who's putting her own dyslexia experience to good purposes by narrating a new children's book and then we'll be heading overseas to catch up with the sussexes who brought their month of compassionate acts to an end with a few extra surprises and we'll also be taking a look at the upcoming uh, commemorative events for Princess Diana later this year including uh, news on the Diana movie starring Kristen Stewart and a new Netflix musical uh, that yeah. has just been announced or at least the Netflix portion. When we were looking at this podcast I noticed there's a lot of uh, news about new stories about Diana. I was excited. I think you know there's this new interest after the crown this recent season and so it is exciting to sort of get all these new projects announced that really aren't that far from now. So No exactly. Well to. this summer is the is the summer that she would have turned 60 years old and so I think that her story her legacy is very much front of mind for everyone and it'll be very interesting to see how uh, the royal family acknowledge that this summer. We know there are, of course, plans up ahead, potentially, for William and Harry to be together to unveil a statue of their mother in the grounds of Kensington Palace. But no further news on what the royals might be doing. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see. But as we mentioned at the start of the show, the Queen was back in action this week. And although this year has seen most of the royal engagements looking a little different, a little virtual, we saw the Queen finally leaving Windsor Castle for a special commemorative event for the 100th anniversary 
of the Royal Australian Air Force. She actually headed out from Windsor to Surrey, that's like an hour or an hour and a half drive, to the Commonwealth Wargrave Commission, where she marked the founding of the RAAF, and a wreath was laid on her behalf as a memorial there. And, you know, this was the Queen, I guess, sort of back as we, we are used to seeing her, but with the additional news confirmed by the palace that she had just received her second vaccination shot. So she is fully, or will very soon, be fully immunised and will, is actually the first member of the royal family to be confirmed to be so. So, you know, when we think we were at the start of the year, we were just kind of getting ready to announce the news that the Queen and Prince Philip were receiving their first shots. We're now seeing the sort of second second vaccinations come through. No doubt there'll be news on other members of the royal family soon. Um, but yeah, we saw the Queen out looking spring ready, wearing yellow uh, from head to toe <laughs> uh, for the day. Very Easter themed. No mask, uh, but it was an outdoor event. And the Queen has a special relationship with the Australian Air Force. She is, of course, the head of state in Australia as well. And so this was something being celebrated on both sides of the world. And she wasn't the only one. Prince William also put his RAF or his Royal Air Force uniform on to deliver a speech via video message to mark the 100th anniversary as well. Um, we saw the Queen back out, Maggie. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> I, I have two different thoughts. One is that I, I'm so excited. I think you know I have this vivid memory of us at the beginning of the pandemic just saying when we see the royal family back out doing trips and doing engagements, it'll be a sign to the world that things are looking up, that life is getting back to normal. And, you know, as we've always said, they've been the face of this pandemic really here in the UK. And so too be out there doing engagements in person. Uh, it's, it's incredible and such a good sign. Kind of felt like her coming out party almost. You know, she's gotten the double jabs. She's gonna go out in person, dress up, look good, do her thing. Um, the only other thought I had, Omen, if I'm being sl slightly honest with you here, is that uh, I did think of like, oh wait, I am gonna miss the queen a little bit on Zoom. I found her just absolutely endearing on all of her Zoom calls. And in a weird way, it could feel even more intimate. So I, sometimes I do hope that they include Zoom calls still in her future, even with these in-person meetings. I, I find, especially with the queen, uh, she was so genuine on so many of her calls and it seemed really personal. And so it was kind of fun to see that side as well. Yeah, I think we're, as we return to more traditional engagements, we're gonna start feeling that distance with royal family members again because as you say I think we were able to get um, a little closer to members of the royal family um, by being really in the moment on those engagements uh, listening to the conversations firsthand I think uh, the royals have become so reliant on the press being the ones to sort of like be the messengers of what happened inside each engagement um, but the the sort of move to video calls took away some of that and brought some more sort of intimate styles so I'm sure we'll see more of that. And listen, it also suits the Queen very well, who hasn't been able to travel in recent years, has really passed that over to other members of the royal family. And so we'll be able to see her perhaps carry out more international engagements across the Commonwealth yeah. um, over the months ahead. Or at least that's how I would be planning it if I, if I worked. <laughs> for her private team which I do not well it's a good point I think as we're all learning how to adapt to 
this work from home hybrid lifestyle. We've you know, I've seen so many articles written about how uh, working from the office is going to change for everyone going forward. You know, are people going to go back into the office five days a week, three days a week, flexible work from home, work from anywhere? And so, you know, a working royal is sort of no different. It's kind of interesting to think about how this pandemic will shift their work model as well. And, you know, instead of traveling for every engagement, maybe they can do some from the comfort of their own home. And, you know, again, the queen is in her 90s. This would be difficult for anyone in their 90s to do, especially the, the, the amount that she's still working. So uh, kind of leaning into this new hybrid work from home, uh, work out in the office, if you will, or with engagements lifestyle could really benefit mm. her. It's exciting to think about. There was one engagement this week that the Queen was sad to see remain virtual, and that is uh, Maundy Thursday. It's the Thursday before Easter that commemorates the washing of the feet and Last Supper of Jesus Christ with the Apostles. And it's something that the Queen has always typically marked by handing out uh, money to recognise people over the age of 70 for their services to the communities that they live in. And so she would often visit, or has in previous years, apart from the last two, uh, visited churches across the country to hand out these uh, specially minted coins. And so for the second year in a row, this was moved uh, to, I guess, a remote version of it. Uh, the coins were sent out to the individuals that were selected, and the Queen had instead sent a letter to each of the 190 people that received the coins, uh, who would have been meeting the Queen in person, uh, where she spoke about how sad she was that the present circumstances make it impossible for that Maundy service to take place in church. And so, you know, I think that there are certain things that she would like to still be out doing at the moment, but isn't. Um, but again, you know, the palace were able to then share details of all 190 individuals that, the, that were shared these coins with and even a picture. I hadn't actually seen it so close before, but it's a little red oh, cool. leather pouch um, with the coins inside. You know, it's, as an American living abroad over in the UK, I think what's interesting too is how many traditions the royal family has. And this is something I had never heard of before. And, and and learning about it was interesting and learning how much it means to people. You know, I think it's easy to sometimes forget sort of all the traditions and, and moments that the royal family has with the public and what they mean to people. Mm. And this is another one that, you know, it sounds like people really sort of look forward to this and it means quite a bit to them and so it's great they could find a, a way to do it despite you know, current lockdown measures. Exactly and you know this act of giving the coins out it's really to um, remember Christ's act of humility when he washed the feet of the poor. This service, Maundy service, is marked by distributing the Maundy money in the small leather purses. It's been it's something that dates back as far as the 13th century for members of the royal families to take part in these Maundy ceremonies where they distribute, it used to be money and gifts, now it's just a sort of, I guess, the token of, because the monetary value of these coins is actually uh, very insignificant these days, but they are always coins that are minted for that year. And this year is different because, of course, the coins in the UK will or are about to be updated for the Queen's 95th birthday. So, you know, it's it's great to see the condition, the traditions continue despite the inability to carry them out in the most traditional of ways. 
And yeah, and when we saw, you know, other members of the royal family getting out in their own ways, promoting things in their own ways. I love this one. Princess, Princess Beatrice has announced that she's narrating a new kids book. And it's more than just a kids book because it's all meant to inspire dyslexic children. And this was something that, you know, I didn't necessarily know a ton about. Princess Beatrice is very open about the fact that she struggled with dyslexia when she was a child. She was diagnosed at a relatively young age, just seven years old. And she got behind this book, got behind the mission of it because she says it's kind of a, a chance to not only help others that are growing up with what she did, but also empower them. And so the, the book is called Extraordinary People. It's spelled X-T-R-A, Ordinary People. Um, it was originally written by Kate Griggs, who's the founder of the global charity Made by Dyslexia, and the princess is an ambassador for them. And so she's worked with them for quite some time, is now going to provide the narration for this animated version of the book. People made by dyslexia are very good at certain things. Some people call them our superpowers. We say that is what makes us extraordinary. You see, when you're dyslexic, you think a little differently to people who are not dyslexic. This extraordinary way of thinking makes us very good at all sorts of things and often much better at them than people who are not dyslexic. What's great about the Made by Dyslexia charity and this work on extraordinary people is they've also brought in other famous names who have spoken openly about their own experiences with dyslexia such as Orlando Bloom and Richard Branson and this is something that Beatrice has been working really closely with for, for a while now and the book has been turned into an animated version and so this is the one that Beatrice has provided the narration for and I guess kind of following in her mother's footsteps because how can any of us forget the fact that Sarah Ferguson read out a children's book on YouTube almost every day throughout the pandemic over the past year so children's books are definitely a thing for the York family and it's great to see her I guess finding her own voice within this because we don't often hear about the work that Princess Beatrice or Eugenie are doing because they're not technically working members of the royal family so they don't have the the firm or the institution promoting their work so they really have to go out there and do it themselves so it's often up to the charity to kind of push the word out there and this has definitely been uh, getting a lot of attention this week so do go and check it out um, if you're interested, you can just head over to madebydyslexia.org. Well, after the break, we'll be heading over to the US, sadly, virtually, uh, but to catch up <laughs> with the Sussexes who bring to an end a month of compassionate acts and share a few announcements about some other news. Mm. So as you'll remember, over the past month, Harry and Meghan have been carrying out compassionate deeds across many of the organisations and initiatives that are involved in, as well as calling for those that follow their Archwell Foundation and the work that they do to do the same in their own communities. This, was, of course, was all to support uh, uh, Women's History Month and came off the back of International Women's Day. Prince Harry this week wrote personal notes to members of the Mission Continues Women Veterans Leadership Programme in the US. He, of course, is a military vet himself. This programme really helps women coming back from military work to sort of reassimilate with society and within the communities that they live in and find purpose to move their skills or transfer their mm. skills 
from the military world into the real world. And uh, this leadership program really helps turn the women that are working uh, alongside them into change makers within their own communities, mm. driving gender equality in the work and the, 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 the activities that they carry out. So it's a really great cause. Harry personally wrote to a number of the women who all shared their notes on Instagram this week. And, uh, but you know, this is kind of carried on from a lot of the, the stuff that Harry and Megan had been doing. They had sent uh, cakes over to the women of the Hub Community Kitchen yeah. earlier in the month. That is of course the kitchen that Megan had uh, written or helped put together a cookbook with um, raising money to benefit the kitchen and those affected by the Grenfell Tower fire. And of course, earlier in the week, Harry and Meghan dropped in to talk with and uh, thank a storyteller group from Moms Rising. It's a grassroots organization in the US uh, that say that they're mobilizing around the most critical issues facing women, mothers and families. And this was a complete surprise for the group. Uh, Harry and Meghan sort of just dropped in on their Zoom call. This was a huge boost for the members of Moms Rising. And uh, Christian Rowe Finkbeiner, who's the executive director of Moms Rising, said in a statement to ABC News that it was a huge uh, boost for the group. He said that Harry and Meghan were kind, compassionate and incredibly supportive both on a personal level and of the policies that would help get their lives back on track. Uh, Megan reminded the group that in times of self-doubt, we should always take the opportunity to see ourselves through our children's eyes because to our children, we are superheroes. Uh, that, uh, she went, goes on to say that, that really resonated with so many of them. You know, this is Harry and Meghan kind of doing work in their own way. I think we've seen a lot of that over the last month. And at the end of this month, we also saw them update their Archwell Foundation websites uh, with new articles that they've started to include on the site. I would imagine that we'll start seeing Harry and Meghan writing some of their own content for the organisation too. So, yeah, the work continues for them, even in a, in a quiet news week, because we haven't really seen much of them out really since the start of the month, we may all still be talking about them, but that Oprah special was a while ago now. I know, it feels like yesterday, the moment. Although I, I like the point you make that we're noticing, sort of learning all these these trends, and they, they seem to be really staying true to some of the things they said that they wanted to make tenants sort of a virtual. You know, they are focusing on the issues they care about, things like women and, and you know young people and, and empowering those groups and also organizations both in the UK and the US. So you know we're seeing these sort of themes repeat themselves week after week and they're definitely diving into it and saying this is who we are now, this is the way we're going to work. Mm. Well Harry's always made sure to honor his own mother's work and we'll see definitely see more from that from him later on this summer as we sort of reach uh, the anniversary of her death in August mm. and what would be her 60th birthday in July. And this week, uh, the English National Heritage Trust announced that they'll also be honouring Diana with a special plaque outside of the London apartment that she once lived in with friends before marrying Charles. If you have watched the most recent season of The Crown, you'll be very familiar with that location. Maggie, I think that you're quite... <laughs> familiar with it yourself as well. 
I am. It's right in my neighborhood when I watched The Crown. I was like, wait, I know that building. <laughs>、um, so this is really cool. I mean, if people aren't familiar with the little blue plaques, I mean, we were talking. You see them all over the country, all over London, and they always are cool because they sign sign signify, you know, important people that lived in this building during a certain span of their life. And in a city like London, I mean, often these plaques are hundreds of years old, right?、Mm. Someone that you read about in history class lived here 200 years ago. But it really always sort of makes history feel so close to you because here you are walking down a street and there's a plaque saying this famous person you read about lived there. I mean that's so cool, right? They walked in the same street you're walking on. So what I love about this one in particular is one, you know,、uh, the city is really trying to make a point to celebrate women as well, who are often underrepresented in these plaques. And so it's great to have someone、uh, like Diana,、uh, you know, be. Remembered in this way and be honored in this way, and also it's neat because you know it, it's not quite so long ago. A lot of these plaques might be from the 1800s, right? But here's one from the 1900s, and it can remind you that history isn't as far away as it seems. And you know you can walk down this very same street in Diana's footsteps and learn about what she did, learn about the family and her history, and、uh, there it is. It's right there on your in your fingertips in the city. So it's it's a pretty cool thing they're doing. The news was announced by Diana's brother Charles Spencer this week. He said,、uh, "Thank you for such a lovely tribute." He said, "I'm tickled pink by these photographs showing a blue plaque being made for Colohan Courts, where Diana was so happy with her wonderful flatmates in her late teens." Well, we also had news this week on the upcoming Diana movie that、uh, the release of that is creeping up really fast. They're still aiming for a full、yeah. 2021 release. Uh, but Neon Films confirmed to ABC News that the start of Poldark. I don't know if that's a big show in the US, but certainly it is. My parents love a it. A <laughs> big one over here.、Uh, Jack Farthing has been cast as Prince Charles in the upcoming、mm. movie, so he joins Kristen Stewart in that release.、Um, it's really. It's. I don't know if you know much about the the plot of this film, but it actually just covers a weekend. In Diana's life, in December 1991, it was when Princess Diana joined the royal family for Christmas at the Sandringham Estates, and it's when she decided to leave her marriage to Prince Charles. And so we're really getting those first looks at how this is、uh, going to be shot.、Uh, they've just wrapped most of their sort of exterior shots in Germany. I think they'd used a couple of properties that looked similar to ones、yeah. over here, and now they're over here. In the UK, and they released a new photo of Kristen Stewart as Diana this week. I don't know. If... It looks a lot like her. It, it really does. You know, I <laughs> I don't recognize Kristen Stewart. Yeah, you know, when they first when they first announced her, I got I've I've got to admit it.、Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't get it. And I me too. Hundred percent. I just I thought this isn't going to work. And. <laughs> Those first images that they had shared, just you know, that first one, I thought, okay, this could be a fluke. This could simply、mm-hmm. be just like great smoke and mirrors. But I think the more that we're seeing, I think that she's really, at least, doing the visuals justice. Of course, a lot of、yeah. Diana's、um, or the portraying Diana comes across in in, in the small mannerisms and the, and the body language. So it'll be really interesting to see. How that looks, but we had、uh, there were photos that came off the set this week of Kristen Stewart in character as Princess Diana with、uh, two boys、uh, that look like they're playing William and、mm-hmm. Harry, and I've got to admit, I mean, it really looked like an, an old pap <laughs> photo of, of Diana. Yeah,、It's, you know, they're they're definitely 
Listen, I think some people may not agree with continuing to sort of tell these same stories, perhaps over and over again, but in slightly different ways. But it shows how much of an interest there is in Diana's life. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, there aren't really many other films about other family members being made on, on a regular basis. No, you're 100% right. I mean, I thought the same thing when this first came out. I was like, oh, another one? I mean, we just, between the last season of The Crown and some of the documentaries that have been released recently, you do start to wonder, are you oversaturating the story and how, how much should we really keep talking about it? Um, but this one sounds very interesting because it's such a specific look, right? It's just that one weekend. And I think, you know, people are interested to know sort of what exactly happened and the family intrigue and especially you know even after dare i mention the oprah interview but after the oprah interview where there was again a sort of this peek behind the curtain right what goes on behind closed doors i think it's something that always fascinates people this what goes on behind closed doors in the royal family what's it like for someone who marries into the royal family and uh, it sounds like this movie is going to take a deep look at it i'm I'm excited and kind of terrified to watch it at the same time, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, if you can't wait until then, Netflix have also announced their own Diana mm. tribute this year. If you'll remember, it was announced last year that Diana, a true musical story, would make its debut on Broadway. Of course, due to the pandemic, that has been postponed several times. I think it was originally set to open on March 31st. Now it's scheduled to debut on Broadway this December, but Netflix have announced that they will be opening or at least previewing the musical in a special pre-recorded version of it for Netflix viewers, I think starting Friday, October the 1st. So that's two months ahead of the Broadway run and probably ahead of the, mm. the movie that we just spoke about. So I think this one is more based on Diana's life story, based on interviews that she's given. And it's centered around, they say, her personal life, uh, the, the love triangle between Diana, Camilla and Charles. I don't know how that will work in musical form. I was just about but... to say the same thing. I'm a little more skeptical of this one. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. For me, a musical is like, going to go have some fun, going to sing on Broadway. And when you're singing about... Oh, I don't. I mean, a love triangle. I, listen, I, 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 I won't knock it till I've seen it, but I'm definitely more skeptical. Yeah. Are you? What do you think? Uh, listen, some of the greatest songs are about uh, love, pain, That's and trauma, true. and love triangles, and all the rest of all it. All right, so. all right, touche. You are actually a hundred percent right. Maybe this has, maybe this actually has everything you need for a great musical. Exactly. Maybe does this? Are you saying that there could be a world in which the AirPod musical? <laughs> yes! Oh my god! I'm ready and we're on a podcast. Maggie and Omid, we sing the whole time. You think people would listen? <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of people being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, ahead of that uh, Netflix premiere of the Dino Tree musical story, I believe that there will be previews of some of the music and we'll have them mm. here first on the AirPods. So do keep an so you won't have to listen to me sing for those yes saying. exactly um, <laughs> i will try and keep the, my own dulcet tones away from that too <laughs> no we're gonna do a duet yeah <laughs> well that just about wraps us up for this week and uh thank you guys for listening i, I think it's, it's been quite nice maggie to have a, a slightly lighter news news load 
I know. This was almost just like regular Royals chat, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, I've no forgotten how drama. that feels. Uh, <laughs> do keep your tweets coming in. We always appreciate them. Just send them to myself at Scobie or at Maggie Rooley. On Twitter, use the hashtag the AirPod so we can find them. Thank you, as always, to the guys in New York for bringing the show together at ABC Audio, including Anthony, Ali, uh, Maggie. How, how, how do you plan to spend your Easter weekend? We've got four days practically Ooh, to ourselves. That's true. Well, I actually, I recently, I dyed Easter eggs, which <laughs> I have not done since I was a little kid. And I said, yeah, I said, this year I'm doing it. But I don't know, do you dye Easter eggs as much over here? Because it was very difficult to find the proper food dye and white Easter eggs to dye. Oh. But I found them. Believe me, I went to like five different stores. Yeah, and, I, I, you uh, can get dyed... white hen's eggs quite easily over here. Okay, so. okay. I don't. I have not dyed Easter eggs for a very long time. So. <laughs> That's what most people say, Omid. But now my husband tells me that our fridge smells like these eggs because I did two dozen <laughs> eggs that have just been sitting in our fridge. And I keep saying, no, no, I'm going to then make, you know, egg salad from the dyed Easter eggs for Easter. And I don't know if they're going to last till then. It's become a whole thing in our household and people are not happy about the, the smelly fridge. But I think it was worth it, Omid. Sounds very I'm curious what everyone else thinks, if they're dying <laughs> Easter eggs as well. That's probably TMI, more information than you needed to know about my weekend. How about yourself, I'm, I'm more in it for the, for the Easter chocolate. I have my, my Easter yes. eggs, yes, the, the yes. milk chocolate kind. The dark chocolate kind, actually. And I'm yes, all ready for them. Oh, good, good. Well, we'll have a sugar high together next week, or a sugar crash, rather. Exactly. Well, on that note, happy Easter, guys. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you in a week's time on Friday. As always, subscribe if you're not. Uh, catch you guys then.